the problem. Calm down, get a little less politically correct, and I would say, you know, love everybody. You clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. This is a freak show. An intergalactic freak show. What do you make of that? It's about right. I keep telling my colleagues uh, that this is the new normal. God help us all. Hold on a sec. I'm going to get me a beer. Well, who wouldn't let an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. They better get their story straight. This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. It's a little something we like to call Friday! That's my Oprah Winfrey impersonation. That's that's not good. Live from Studio C. See that yours! Tis a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everybody, today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Donald J. Trump, colluding with the crowd last night. Whip it up. How you doing? Good. Glad you. You glad it's Friday? Oh, please. You know, I've always been one of those guys who, who says, I, I'm hearing voices in my head again. Somebody help me. Oh, there we go. Um, you know, I've always been one of those guys. Don't, don't forsake Tuesday. Don't fail to find the joy in Thursday. Right? Don't give away five-sevenths of your life. I am yeah, so I'm exhausted, and I'm so glad it's the weekend. I'm still one of those guys, and I will speak up for anybody, because I know, because this it drives me crazy, so there's got to be people like me. Mm. There's nothing easier or better about my life on a Friday than on a Monday. Mm. It's just the, the way my life is currently structured. And I know there are lots of people like that. And so when everybody's saying, oh, aren't you glad it's right? No, it's just it's just a different sort of work or more of the same or whatever. Right. And so I know it's a lot of you are in my situation. Now, if it is the end of your work week and you're about to just relax and like I used to do, I used to, man, Friday, 10 o'clock, I might be getting on a plane at 11, headed to who knows what party wherever in the world. Oh, listen to him. Until I get back Sunday night. That used to be my lifestyle. I understand completely. Yeah, and I used to roll my eyes, too, when you did that. I used to look like that all the time. Uh, Yeah, that's, that's, that's that's what I'm talking about. My favorite thing, it was a bucket list thing that I'd always had from when I was a youngster. And I did it one time where I just went to the airport. And I looked up at the board and thought, where do I want to go? Wow. I went over and bought a ticket and I went. Is that how you ended up at the torture museum? <laughs> no. No, that's how I ended up in Austin, Texas, quite drunk. <laughs> oh, my. Alcohol abuse. <laughs> yeah, but you got the warm bosom of your family as opposed to the warm bosom of our corporate overlords. Uh, mm-hmm. Come on now. Come on now. Everybody, come on. So uh, Find the joy. Find the love. Where's the love? <laughs> Give it up. We've got a uh, bunch of clips from Trump's rally last night in Michigan. He was uh, he was feeling good, as he always is in his rallies. Yeah, but I, he was particularly uh, buoyant. <laughs> I was watching Mark Stein, who we're big fans of around here. If you've never read any of his books, America Alone is one of the more important books I've ever read in my life. But mm-hmm. um, I was watching Mark Stein after the rally last night talking about how the president has an incredibly unique um, communication style, speaking style, and relationship with his electorate that nobody's ever had before, and you can't just replicate. Oh, there's just, there's no. Just, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there, there are things going on there that you can't just 
you know, say, okay, he was successful doing that. I'm going to try to take some of that. You just can't. Let's see. And then mix in 17% unhinged. <laughs> well, as he, as he says things <laughs> stuff, that... Stuff he clearly shouldn't say by anybody's well, standards. Right. As he says right. things that no other politician could say and survive, even stay in office, yet alone, you know, aspire to higher offices. Listen, it's very difficult to analyze art. Yeah. And to a large extent, connecting with a crowd is art. To what extent... When he says things that his hardest core fans say, oh, he shouldn't have said that. That's a, To what extent does that explain his popularity? I don't know. Because don't know. it signals that he is not a part of the the old guard establishment that's gotten us into the state we're in. Right. I, I, you know, that's getting deep. It, it could, yeah, and it might not even be on purpose either. It might right. just be a benefit of something that he, he, you know, is kind of an accident of his personality. Maybe when he says something so incredibly, like, why would you say, you know, that stuff about John McCain, you prefer people who don't get shot down. I mean, that's just... Who would say that? But maybe it's a signal to people, I don't give a crap about political correctness. And there's a lot of the country that, you know, hates having to tiptoe around saying things all the time. You you might be right. Maybe it's just a little, you know, hey, at least, you know, somebody can still say whatever they think. But you try to duplicate that, and you're not, like, you don't last a week. Completely committed to it? Oh, no, you'll crash and burn. (laughs) It's something. Anyway, more on that later. Let's introduce everybody in the squad. Did you hear his thing about the lakes? We got to do that. I got to talk about the that. lakes. Your beautiful lakes, so wide, so deep, <laughs> <laughs> so wet. <laughs> and crowd roaring, the crowd pro, was roaring. Pro lake, <laughs> exactly. Let's uh, let's introduce everybody. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing great. Hey, um, I got to get my AC uh, just looked at, tuned up a little bit. So I made an appointment, and it's for April 1st, and. Um, the funny thing is the person I'm talking to said to me, you know, being that it's April 1st, please feel free to play a joke on our technician. And I decided, oh, really? Yeah. I thought, is this a thing that, that you know, they encourage this to their customers to it do this? It puts the lotion in the basket. <laughs> I thought it, it was weird. I mean, your refrigerator repair guy comes out and you put like a fake snake in there or something? Yeah, you got to put a beaver in your ductwork. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> seems, seems like a good way to end up in a fight, Michael. Yeah, that's or what arrested. I thought. I didn't know quite what to say to him. I'm like, uh, okay. Right. Right. Just Hit him with the old hand buzzer. <laughs> Right. Or answer the phone with your pants down. <laughs> yeah, you got classic. Have, you got to have somebody crawl up behind him and you push him over. That's what you do. Hilarious. <laughs> There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. It was this day in our history in nine or in 1795, long time ago, that one Ludwig von Beethoven had his very first debut performance. Very first debut. That's redundant. Should have only said one of those things. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, uh, at, at Guess the age? Was it his initial very first debut? <laughs> yes, it was. As a, wait, hold on. I'm double checking. Yes, indeed. His first initial. So what's your question? Uh, at, at what age was his initial first debut performance? First of all, I always like pegging things where they are in history. For instance, I don't know that I could have told you off the top of my head that he was doing his thing in George Washington's first term, just to, to figure out where in world history you are. Right. That's kind of interesting. Enlightenment. How Indeed. old was he? I don't know. And that's the question. He was know, 80 or 15 <laughs> or something. I don't know. In between those, Joe, you were close. 24 years old. Okay. Now, most, his most uh, popular piece of work is probably the Beethoven's Billie Jean. fifth. Well, that's second. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm hopping to this. I have a riff. 
Yeah, so the, the Beethoven's Fifth this is probably uh, his most famous thing. But if you ask me, my favorite piece of Beethoven work is Fjord Elise. That's pretty good. It's fine. They're beautiful. They are the uh, the stairway to heaven in cashmere, if you will, of Ludwig von. I just want to hear the hits. I, <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't want the deep cuts. Give me the greatest hits album, and I'm a fan. <laughs> Those of you who are like me, better than others, <laughs> I would suggest Beethoven's Sixth Symphony, really, which was, is brilliant. There was a book written a couple of years what ago. Is it like I, the Rocky series? He just keeps making more. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, fans liked it, so we just kept cranking it out. And remember, Beethoven sixth is when he fights the Russians. Yeah, remember every orchestra you see is a Beethoven cover band. Um, All right. So there was a book a couple of years ago about I think it's just called Beethoven Ninth, Beethoven's Ninth. It's about mm-hmm. his Ninth Symphony. So well, that one's uh, tried and true. Okay. There you go. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, there's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well. I did some business with a Brit yesterday. He's been in the U.S. for quite a while now, and he was uh, telling me the last time he was in London, friends of his would come up to him and ask, so, uh, so Nick, how do you like, uh, how do you like, you know, Trump? <laughs> Nick told me what he told his friends. My business is booming. My taxes are down. My 401k is up by 35%. That's what I think about Trump. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that. That's the Wall Street Journal crowd. The Wall yep. Street Journal, who in their editorial page said, we hate everything about Trump except his policies. Mm. Because yep. it's, uh, it's helping there. So we were, we were involved in an event last night. Maybe we'll be talking about it more with a, a lot of uh, thinkers on the stage and us. Um, uh, but it was pointed out by one Roger Hedgecock, who you may know, very popular, famous uh, talk show host, that... It's this simple. If the economy's still doing well come election day, Trump will get reelected. If we go into recession, he won't. Mm. That's just the history of uh, you know presidential elections. That is so true. Any uh, quibbling over it is probably a waste of time. It cuts through a lot of the clutter of the discussion too. Right? Because yeah. it is. It well, is, what about Buttigieg? <laughs> Bush Senior was just riding as high as could be, and a recession hit. Right? He lost. Right? It's just yeah. It's just the way it works. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this Friday, March 29th, year 2019, we're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, then. Hey, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regs. Brace yourselves. Here we go at Mark. You'd be doing wind, windmills, and if it doesn't, (laughs) if it doesn't blow, you can forget about television for that night. (laughs) Darling, I want to watch television. I'm sorry. The wind isn't blowing. I know a lot about wind. <laughs> oh, God. I know a lot about wind. Try to replicate that. Nobody nobody can. And and the ending, as always, crowd going nuts, and you can't always get what you want, and out the door he goes. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, a Trump raucous rally in Victory Lap. We'll have some more highlights. Chicago's mayor wants Justice Smollett to pay up for the investigation costs and sign his check in a very unique way. <laughs> and how do you like to make thousands for lying around in bed all day? And it's legit. Coming up. All right. What do I got to do to someone? Here's... <laughs> That's kind of just like the next step after this career, really. <laughs> um, uh, so we have clips of the week, right? Uh, well, oh, that's right. Yeah, we do. Plus a, a good, solid mailbag featuring a freedom-loving quote of the day I absolutely love. Okay. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. 
Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So much to cover. Nicholas Cage's fourth marriage has fallen apart. So. Oh, what? On its fourth day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't even last some numerology there. This is the gentle science of numerology, yes. Where this whole healthcare battle is heading, succinctly explained, among things you will hear on the Armstrong and Getty show. Yes, please. It's going to get it's important to all of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's what, the number I'm, one issue on every poll. Uh, we don't make a bad living at all. And healthcare costs worry the hell out of me. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and both of us have lived paycheck to paycheck for chunks of our lives. Uh, my heart goes out to the huge chunk of America... That is terrified of somebody in their family getting really sick, especially if they haven't met their deductible or whatever, depending on your situation. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is a heck of a challenge. Luckily, we have the sages, the genius, the leading lights of America, our Congress, to lead us to, to happiness. Mailbag coming up in a moment or two. Take it easy in there. Uh, let's uh, instead take a, a fun look at the uh, fun look back at the week that was. It's cow clips of the week. It's a very very bad day for CNN. <laughs> if Absolutely. the appointment of Robert Mueller was the worst day of his presidency, <laughs> the release of Robert Mueller's report was the best day of his presidency. It feels like the seeds of a cover up are here. What a weekend! Mueller is done. ISIS is done. Avenatti is done. Trump is winning so hard right now. All connected through Apple. And you know how we do it? How? We use the big ideas behind coding to solve problems. This is just a a quick um, video showing you how to put pants on a pigeon. (laughs) This is English jurisprudential culture. A white man's culture. And then they said, how did they phrase it? Then they said, give us some money! As a gift! We want a gift! But only if it's money! <laughs> you get your shot! You had your shot right there! In the situation! Well, why do you not? know the situation, Caroline? Why do you get a shot, Donna? But to me, the most decisive way to put an end to Trumpism is for it to be defeated massively at the ballot box. That's one of my favorite cows of all time. It was good. It was brief, but to punchy. Yeah, I really like that. Lean. Lean. A nice lean cut. Mailbag. Not too fatty. Or that, like, veiny stuff you can't even cut with a oh, knife. Oh, no, no. The gristle. Yeah. Boy, I do love a good steak. Oh, yeah. And I don't want lean. I want marble. Heck, yeah. You know what? 
My arteries are whining and crying. Well, what are you doing? Hey, we've all got a tub. I don't need to hear your negativity arteries. <laughs> Here's a freedom-loving quote of the day sent along by Ben the Libertarian. who's always just fabulous at that. If you'd like to uh, email us anytime, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If you have a favorite freedom-loving quote of the day, for instance, please send it. This is from Harry Brown, American writer, investment advisor, and the Libertarian Party's presidential nominee in 96 and 2000, before Libertarians started uh, nominating mental patients. Oh, I'm looking at you, Gary Johnson. Here's your quote. The government's war on poverty has transformed poverty from a short-term misfortune into a career choice. Mmm. Mmm. Is right. Absolutely true. Uh, moving along. Here's, here's a note uh, that uh, I could read you uh, from uh, Don in Poway, California, Cal Unicornia. Um, uh, we, we did a, a big, big event last night in beautiful Poway, uh, extremely well attended. And uh, we we had to, it was one of those days where we do the show from location A uh, and then we have to fly to location B. That's San Diego area for people around the country who don't know. Right, exactly. Or, or Google it. It's a good way to learn uh, American geography. <laughs> Poway, P-O-W-A-Y. Uh, but anyway, we we had to zoom out right after, and we couldn't hang around and meet people and shake hands and take pictures and stuff like that, which we always, always, always do. And we were super bummed about that. So our apologies if you were hoping to say hi and get a picture or whatever afterward. I felt terrible. We did not plan a he. No. No. We needed to plan better. So sorry. Oh, oh, some bitter criticism from John in Iowa, and he's right. He's absolutely right. We'll uh, we'll review. We will answer to that uh, right before the news. Latest news with Marshall Phillips coming up next. A lot of good stuff to get to today on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Sean mentioned it's the anniversary of Beethoven's first first performance. We got a texter who said, "Michael, you got to play Rock Me Amadeus." <laughs> oh yeah, I almost played that well, that's one. That's Mozart, right? But just it's such a great. That's a betrayal of all that is the Ludwig von. It's such a great. Okay, we'll go for out people with who aren't into like that kind of music, uh, uh, right? Right. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. a, it's a loving tribute to yeah, some exactly. of the greats. Right. I tell you what, right. the dude who had a hit with a disco version of Beethoven's Fifth, you got to tip your cap oh, yeah. to the guy. True. Yeah. I mean, that's an idiotic idea. I bought that single <laughs> as, a, as a young man. You know, I probably did. I don't as know. As a kid. Yeah. Uh, let's get the news now. Marshall Phillips. Well, Marshall Phillips. At, at a rally last night in Grand Rapids, Michigan, President Trump celebrated the wrap-up of Special Counsel Robert Mueller's investigation and declared... And after three years of lies and smears and slander, the Russia hoax is finally dead. The collusion delusion is over. And we've pivoted from Hillary lost because the Russians stole the election to Hillary lost because the Electoral College is a bad idea. When most Americans figure out, oh, it's actually a brilliant idea, there will be a third option, I'm sure. He went on to call it a sinister effort to undermine his victory that caused tremendous damage to the country, cost millions of dollars, and no collusion was found. Trump calling out his discredited critics. And they're on artificial 
respirators right now. They're getting mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. Little pencil neck Adam Schiff. Oh, oh that's unfortunate. Oh, that is unfortunate. Oh, boy. He's got the smallest, thinnest neck I've ever seen. He is not a long ball hitter. Oh, wow. my God. Wow. Oh, my God. That's, that's got to be our clip for Adam Schiff for the next two to six years. Not a long ball hitter. He's got the littlest, thinnest <laughs> neck I've ever seen. <laughs> Plus, he got them realtor eyes. Yeah. Oh, oh, he got them. And, oh, my God. And the president got a bit salty. The Democrats have to now decide whether they will continue defrauding the public with ridiculous bull****. <laughs> He just dropped a bullshit bomb. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> the president can do what I can do it on the air. They Come didn't on. bleep it. I mean, I've said well, right. going, whoa. You can't be bleeping the president yeah. of the United States. I mean, nothing could be more. Uh, boy, you couldn't come up with anything that would even be more a clear-cut case of freedom of speech. Right. That, that you've got, everybody's got to hear. Newsworthiness. You're right. You can't yeah, have sure. a government, government, the government com, uh, commission, which is the FCC, come down on somebody for airing the president of the United right. States live comments yeah. in front of tens of thousands. Yes. Right. It was, but that is uh, something. That was, that was a rocking rally, i got to tell you. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. It was very entertaining. Very interesting. Science will have to study that someday and figure it out. Because, yeah. like Joe said earlier, there's there's communication going on there of things that I'm not sure uh, Trump understands some of them. I'm not sure he understands all of them. Right. Uh, just what what the appeal is of that. What the, are, the BS that is appealing to so many people that think you know we're way too politically correct. We're way too rigid. We're way too whatever. Right. Right. Our, our politeness is not politeness. It's it's keeping the truth at bay. You know, it's that. The, the, the decorum of the Senate. Well, my my learned colleague from South Carolina, blah blah blah. That's starting to seem that's that's. But people see that as phony and distancing and and an excuse for not getting at the truth. So yeah, I I would love to hear a nonpartisan, brilliant collection of communications experts say now the the value of that. Little thing he did is that just because it's it's so wildly unconventional. I, I'm old enough to remember when people lost their mind because Obama wore a brown suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. On another story, <laughs> the mayor of Chicago says You're actor Jesse Smollett has got to cover the cost of the police department's investigation into his claims oh. he was victim in a hate crime. Earlier this week, the felony charges against Smollett for allegedly filing a false police report were suddenly dropped. And now Mayor Rahm Emanuel says the city is calculating how much money was spent on police resources for that investigation. Given that he doesn't feel any sense of contrition and remorse, my recommendation is when he writes the check, in the memo section, he can put the word, I'm accountable for the hoax. Wow. wow. I, I, is, are they going to be able to get away with that legally? And Rahm Emanuel is a liberal. Yeah. <laughs> um, can can you make me pay for uh, the, the, the investigation of something I haven't been charged with anything? It'll end up in a civil suit where the standard of uh, proof is the preponderance of the evidence. Right. So, uh, you know, I don't know anything about the laws involving right. cities suing, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I love the maneuver. 
Well, but then the Democratic mayor couldn't resist taking this shot. The only reason Jesse Smollett thought he could take advantage of a hoax about a hate crime is for the environment, the toxic environment that Donald Trump created. Mm. So there he had to tag it with I told that. you he was a liberal. <laughs> yes, I know. NASA is going to pay people $19,000 to stay in bed for two months. NASA and the German and European Space Agency say they're looking for 24 volunteers to spend 60 days lying down. Well, John, we'd hate to lose you, but I mean, I'm perv- I've been built for this. When fate calls, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Some have greatness thrust upon them. Yeah, Some are born to greatness. Right. I mean, People this is rise your, to their moments. This right. is your time. Right. You've been preparing your whole life for this. Take on now. Do I get? I got Wi-Fi, right? I'm set. <laughs> Study's going to run from September to December this year in the German city of Cologne. Mm. Volunteers eat, exercise, scented German city. <laughs> exercise, get dressed, even shower while lying flat in bed. It is an experiment studying weightlessness. Wait, so then I got to lay in a wet bed? <laughs> How do you shower laying in bed? I don't know. They'll explain it to you when you get there. I guess. Somebody brings me a sponge bath of some sort. Oh, that it, could very well be. Well, this is NASA we're talking about. The bed is uh, mounted to a series of pistons. It will be raised to a vertical position. You'll be strapped into it, and you will be hit with a fire hose. <laughs> Which they are calling a shower. It is technically a shower. Or they'll submerge you in a tank for five right. to ten minutes. Oh, that's probably more skin than we were anticipating. <laughs> Our apologies. And half of men's college basketball's elite eight are now known. Top seeds Gonzaga and Virginia both won their NCAA tourneys to claim two of the spots. Joining them after their wins are Purdue and Texas Tech. Mm. The remaining four teams will be decided in today's game. Ran into a couple of zags last night. Yeah. Very happy. Very happy about it. Is Texas Tech the team that's got the eight-footer on it? No, that was no. Uh, that was UCF. They okay. lost to yeah. Duke in round right. two. At your news, I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I want more freaks in my basketball oh, games, hey, I guess. hey, hey. You're talking about the man named Taco. What is it, 1908 in your world? I want it to be more like a circus show. The man's unusually tall. There's a tall man, here's a bearded lady. I want a little more entertainment. Wow. Wow. Maybe a two-headed calf. Joe Biden was right about culture. (laughs) Culture. (laughs) Joe Biden's an idiot. I've gone from being mildly amused and thinking he has no chance to being actively engaged in wanting him to go away. I don't want to talk over one of the great tributes to classic music. Now I know the song. Was, music. I know the song was made, but was this actually like a hit? Oh yeah. Oh, I, was, I was a disc jockey playing it. Oh yeah, big time. Rock me, Amadeus. The long version is fantastic. <laughs> the album version. The long version. They gotta play the ISIS guys to get them to fess up. It's miserable. It's terrible. Yeah, it's got the the long version has the rap in it. That's really cool about how he rises to fame. Oh. <laughs> Rock me, Amadeus. Yeah. You. I, Sean, I remember dancing to hot chicks on the bar bar dance floor to this song. Can you imagine that? 80s were a strange time, man. <laughs> hey, well, you're, you're right about that. You're listening to the, I had a perm. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. 
Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Does anybody know how readable the Mueller report will be if it comes out? Got a little more information on that later in the show. Uh, But I remember the 9-11 report was a really readable book. It was. I mean, it was was written dramatically. Is the Mueller report going to be right that way, or is it going to be like bullet points? Do not know, and how lawyerly. Speaking of lawyerly. My good old buddy, uh, Mike, the Illinois lawyer, writes, I am certain that Jussie Smollett will not ever pay a dime. Okay. My analysis, he'd successfully defend on the expungement and no conviction thing. No court will uphold the civil cost. Yeah, I can't. I can't. You don't want to live in a country where you can you have to pay for the investigation into something you didn't do. Or, well, right. And, and folks, before you get all uh, upset. He did it. He didn't do it unless it's proved beyond a reasonable doubt that he did it in our system. Thank God. Right. He did it. But I, I don't want to, to get accused of some crazy crime. Right. They, it costs him $100,000 to investigate. Then I don't get charged with anything. And they say, yeah, well, you're still paying for the investigation. Right. You that, don't want that is That's Soviet stuff, man. That's, yeah. that's the yeah. dictatorship. Now, he clearly did it. Oh, yeah. And that, that Fox woman in Chicago is mobbed up and crooked, and she's got hers coming. Uh, but, yeah, dang it. I, I like, like that idea. I feel like this is another example of, at least in my opinion, I think there's way too much power given to plea deals in our current judicial system. And there's a lot of reasons for that, because <laughs> otherwise it just gets clogged up in the in, in actually trying all these cases. But it sure gets used by the, the connected a lot. Right, right. Well, right. And, yeah, and, and those who don't have any money and have some poor, harried public defender often have to do that. Is because they know they'll get convicted because they got no legal representation. It's it's a troubled system. Part of the problem with our our judicial system is we have too many people who break laws in America. Stop breaking laws, right? More funding for the judicial system, more prisons. Stop making stupid laws or something. I don't know. I was just pushing back. There are some some stupid laws. We we are absolutely uh, open to that discussion. Uh, Speaking of which, your criticisms, uh, uh, if you'd like to disagree, whatever, you can email us. You can text us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com or text 415-295-KFTC. A little bonus mailbag here. John from Iowa with legitimate criticism. Guys, I am so deeply outraged at your performance today, meaning yesterday. Not only did you guys have on a guest to talk about Venezuela, but it's also baseball's opening oh my day. God. How could you not find oh time on the show God. for the greatest Vin Scully quote of all time? And who do you think is the richest person in Venezuela? The daughter of Hugo Chavez. Hello. Anyway, 0-2. We all ought to take a look at ourselves in the mirror for missing that one. How did that not pop into my head? We're the hosts. 
We're not oh, supposed yeah. to have good ideas. We're supposed to have good ideas handed no, to us. Okay, I was going the other direction. We would, we would the like buck stops here. <laughs> but okay. I would like to say, shut up with that. We, we need everybody who works on the show to line up in a circle, strip shirtless, and take a rod no bigger than the thumb. It's the rule of thumb, Joe Biden's thumb. The white man's culture. And 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 and, and, and unleash the, the 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 horror on each other, the beating wand. Anyway. Three man beating Wandathon. Anyway, Owen oh 2. <laughs> anyway, Owen oh 2. That's one of the funniest things ever. Yeah. And brilliant. Yeah. And, and, and he worked it in between pitches and made the point so beautifully. Yeah, it's accurate. It's true. It's funny. It's all kinds of good stuff. Then we know you're an everyday listener to the Armstrong and Getty show, and we appreciate it. I made that up. Um, you're just wonderful. Thank you for all the all the pleasure. You know, that reminds me. That's Friday. Who cares? I'm going to go off on this tangent. I was thinking about Vin Scully, who's wonderful. Um, and there are so many great baseball announcers. And depending where you live, you've never heard of some of them. I happen to love John Miller, who who broadcasts uh, Giants games. Uh, he was on the East Coast doing the Orioles forever. So. Exactly, yeah. Um, when I was a kid growing up in Chicago, of course, Harry Carey famously called Cubs games forever. But... You you don't know unless you grew up in that area. He did the White Sox for years with Jimmy Pearsall as his uh, color commentator. Jimmy Pearsall, who famously had an anxiety attack in the middle of a baseball game and fled the field or something. I can't remember. And that was one of the very early somebody coming out and saying, listen, I have an, a mental illness I struggle with, and here's what it's like. Um, Fear Strikes Out was the name of the biography in the movie. Boo, about you're weak. Boo. Jack representing the uh, the Times there. But anyway, <laughs> that was that was a simpler time in America, my friends. And Harry would drink so this during is, the game. So you, this is not the Harry Carey uh, Will Ferrell made famous on Saturday Night Live. This no, is this earlier pre Cubs Harry Carey with Jimmy Pearsall, where Harry would get hammered during the games. And Jimmy Pearsall was the very first. This team stinks, Harry. I mean, they, I suppose we'll play all nine innings, but the way they hit, why bother? I mean, he was like the original guy for that. And I was the world's biggest Cubs fan, and I would listen to White Sox games because they were so great. Wow. Yeah, I just, great baseball announcers are Well, because there's time. Great. There's no time in an NBA game to show much personality. It's more of a right. it's more of a craft than an art. You just you have to get all the information in with right. a little time for color. In baseball, there's so much time to be a personality. Yeah, yeah. And the good ones are great. And and the the average ones make a very slow moving game hard to take. <laughs> but the good ones are great. Speaking of the city of broad shoulders, a little more. Anyway, oh and two. That's right, Vin. And then he sets it up so you remember. You know, that's right. Okay, may waste a pitcher. Um, speaking of the city of broad shoulders, gentlemen, I could not stop laughing as you verbally painted the picture of two Nigerian bodybuilders terrorizing this terrorizing the streets of Chicago in whiteface. Then I realized this may be the first time that an American has swindled some Nigerians. Yes. K-A-T-S-N-P, keep attempting to swindle Nigerian princes. That's Joe. Maybe the Nigerian culture has it coming. After all the years of trying to hit me up. Right. P.S. Your show is awesome. P.S. Your email's awesome, Joe. To weigh in. I don't think you are a Nigerian prince. <laughs> a duke at best. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's uh, Jose. Wow, it's like a Joe-a-thon here. 
Uh, Jose, uh, you guys act like it's a mystery how we pick baby names. Dude, Freakonomics has a whole chapter on how Americans name their babies. You know what, Jose? Uh, while I don't appreciate the condescending attitude, uh, thank you for reminding me of that. I've actually heard that, mm. or I've read that chapter. Uh, it perfectly explains why Joe named his daughter Caitlin, only to discover it was a widely common name. Well, it became widely common. Uh, they also list the names that are whitest and blackest. Basically, smart rich people pick high cachet names. Then middle class types hear them and join in. Then poor people copy middle class names, and then those names match the names of people who commit crimes in Florida. <laughs> That's some pretty good analysis. Uh, also, Jack needs to tell the story of the Chinese restaurant owner when you said that you'd had your son. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I don't think I know this That's one. right. Really liked that guy. Um, place closed down, unfortunately. It's a Chinese restaurant that my wife and I used to go to all the time before we had kids. And then and when she was pregnant, anyway, we finally had our first child. And we were in the Chinese restaurant and said to him, uh, we just had our first boy. And he said, what's your name, him, Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a... Uh... <laughs> You white people all use the same names, Joe. Yeah, the interesting thing was, he said, no, Sam. And he said, that's my name. His name was Sam. I'll be damned. Yeah. That's the punchline. Thick Asian accent. Yeah. Owned the restaurant. His name was Sam. Huh. Uh, but what'd you name him, Brendan? It was always stuck in my mind. Hilarious. Then Jose, su- <laughs> then Jose suggests we reset the hilarious, uh, what, what was his name, That uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Ferner guy who... Is the movie about him? He made bad jokes. He, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, yes. Borat. Ah, yeah, the Borat clip. She have no name. She girl. Oof. Oof, indeed, my friends. I was going to say Yakov Smirnoff. I would have been wrong. (laughs) Different foreign guy. The other foreign guy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, oh, my gosh. So that uh, documentary, Seattle is Dying. That we played several clips from. We could have played more from it. It's just so beautifully done. It's such a great illustration of what happens when you have a a city decide to go with all compassion and no discipline. You know, you go all discipline, no compassion, you get Nazi Germany. And nobody wants that. But all compassion, no discipline, you get San Francisco with junkies and needles and poop and crime and the rest of it. Or Seattle. And got this note from uh, Chris who says that thanks in large part to uh, John Hackenslapper, um, then mayor of uh, Denver, Denver is dying. Junkies all over the place. Needles and poop and vagrancy and crime and the rest of it. And and they're trying to, you know, nip it in the bud before it becomes San Francisco with mountains. We should talk more about that. Stay tuned on a Friday to the Armstrong and Getty Show.